This is the Era of Alpha podcast. Famous quote by Abraham Lincoln. Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. And that's what we're here to do, gents. We're here to sharpen ourselves and make ourselves better men. Welcome to the Era of Alpha podcast. This is the Era of Alpha podcast. The Toilet Paper Survival, Part 2, Mindset, a quote by Charles Darwin. It is not the strongest species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but the most responsive to change. And when it comes to the survival mindset, it's not about surviving, but thriving and adapting to that change. Gents, welcome back, Part 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I like that last episode. Well, that last that part of one, huh? That yeah, was, man, that was intense. I mean, it really made me it really made me paint a picture of like, like I need to get some things in order. Like, I really loved what uh, who was it that said that? Um, oh yeah, Mary Young. Mary Young said some things about this. Uh, the whole we need to get our stuff in order. I just thought that was incredible. All I got to say is that I know Michael took notes, but I hope everybody else took notes too, because there's some good information coming out in the last one. Yeah. Uh, I got to go back and listen to it and even mark them up more. And, and just, just like the last one, I got my body armor, my AR and my toilet paper. I'm ready to survive. How about you guys? Absolutely. I mean, I got my AR. I mean, I got my 308 right here next to me this time too. So, I mean, we're good to go. We'll put you on overwatch. I mean, that's where I'm good at. All right. So guys, you know, the mindset of, survival and this is one of the biggest things that a lot of people forget about survival they have all the nifty gadgets and all the survival knowledge of i can eat this plant and use this plant to treat a wound and you know i can i can make bullets this way but if you don't have the right mindset to survive then you're not going to survive it's just like normal life if you don't have the right mindset your life is going to suck no matter how you look at it right so you know with the opening quote i use charles darwin Darwin, Darwinism, doggy dog, strongest survive, you know, and as he said, it's those most adaptive to change are those the, are, are the ones that will survive. So in the mindset kind of thing, when all the pleasantries and easiness of the world go out the window, how are you going to change your mindset? How are you going to be like, okay, look, that shit's all gone and I got to do what I got to do. How are you going to change your mindset to handle that situation? Mm. So I, what I see, got, <laughs> you want to get, go ahead, go ahead, Bill. <laughs> I mean, my mindset has remained the same for so long. Like, um, it's tough to change my mindset. Um, I've been trained to improvise, adapt and overcome all situations uh, and that's just what I do naturally. Like when I walk into a building, I'm, I'm naturally looking for the exits. I'm naturally looking for the person that walks in that room that's going to try to mess me up or mess up the people around me. I'm also naturally looking for the safe places to shoot, you know, like What's the least the, col- backdrop? The, the, the least collateral damage, you know, like it's, it's tough for for that question for me because that that i mean that's just that's just what i do naturally as as a as a i don't 
I don't really necessarily count myself as a warrior so much anymore because it's been so, so much part of my past, but with, with all of the stuff that I've been going through since then, that part of my mind has never been forgotten. It's always been there. So, I mean, I guess, I guess that's what I got to say, you know, like that part of my mindset's never going to change. It's always going to, it's always going to be a part of me and who it's like I muscle am. memory. Yes, exactly. Muscle memory. <laughs> so you got that survival mindset, but, but is that, is your survival mindset strong enough to, we'll, we'll throw the shit at the fan right now. Is your survival mindset strong enough to, your daughter gets kidnapped and is gone and you can't find her and you got to do everything you possibly can find her without freaking out and doing the best thing to action. Is your survival mindset there to be like, Hey, look, man, look, I, I can see my daughter through my rifle scope being ushered around by this fucking big dude. I know now is not the right time to kill that guy because I might kill, they might kill my daughter because of it. Is your survival mindset strong enough to be like, look, I need to formulate a plan here and go at it. Or are you going to be able to take that mindset and be like, look, I'm, I'm angry. I'm pulling the trigger. No, see, listen, I think my mindset is further than that. I think my mindset is a little bit further to know that if I can't save my daughter at any point in time, and if I don't see her in that rifle scope, that I may never fucking see her again. That That's a reality that a lot of people need to get in. It, when shit hits the fan with how far away you are from your family, I may never see my family again. I'm going to be alone with the people that are around me. And I have to make the best of that situation, regardless of what it is. That's my, I see. I don't know. Like you're asking that question. And I'm just like, it's, that's almost like a, I have no clue how I'm going to react when that happens. If that ever happened. I mean, bro, your, your wife is beautiful and you got four kids. I know. Like, I don't know like, how I'd react. How how far away is your drive from your office to your house? Mm, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. How far of a walk? Have you ever mapped it out on Google Maps? How far of a walk is it from your office to your house? Mm, I don't know. Never mapped pull, it out. Pull, pull up your Google Maps and do that really quick. All right. So let's do this. Minus Go how long? Minus two and a half hours. Minus two and a half hours. Okay. Michael, have you ever mapped out from your office to your house on Google Maps for a walk? Yeah, but if we're going on time, um, I don't know. But if we're going on distance, I'm 24 miles, so I'm probably day and a half out. Day and a half. And that's yep. that's that's hoofing yep. it. Yep. So 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 FYI, four hours. So so how many Randall? miles? How many miles, Randall? Four hours and 12 miles. Okay, you can make that in a day. Absolutely, you can make that in less than you can make it in less than a day if you if you're really huffing it. And if you don't have anything on your back, you can make that six miles an hour. You can make it. You can make it before sundown if depending on what time of day it is. A firm. See, that's the thing. My phone says Google says I can make it in nine hours. I don't know how you make twenty four miles in nine hours and still. I mean, I yeah, I know you can, but damn. So listen, whenever I went through military training. Whenever I went through expert infantryman training alone, um, I was able to walk with 90 pounds on my back, 12 miles in under three hours. So, so imagine I have that expert expert infantryman's badge. You know, I earned that. If you're hoofing it with nothing on your back, you can walk double the amount that I walked. 
I promise you, especially with adrenaline running through your brain yeah. and all this stuff, it's going to, it's just going to make it even better and even more of a better. That, ma- that makes sense. Yeah. That okay. Sense. So here, here's the step of mindset of that. Okay. Say, say adrenaline's running through your body and you're, you're how many miles Randall? Uh, 12, 12 miles away from home. Right. And you don't know what to expect when you get home. Are you going as fast as you can? Or are you saving a little bit of energy for, for when you get there? Good question. That. See, um, see, yeah. See, this, this is the process, man. This is the process. This is the mindset. What is your mindset and what is your plan? So for me, for example, right tomorrow, tomorrow I'm driving an hour away to, to teach. Right. And if the light switch goes tomorrow and an EMP hits and I got to walk home, I'm going to have a lot of shit on me because I always have a lot of shit in my truck. But at the same time, am I going to try and make that all in one day? That's, that's a long move, man. That's a long movement. Am I going to go until I can't, can't go anymore and then stop and go to sleep? Listen, listen, Tom, I, I got to stop you there because a lot of people underestimate their mind and their body. Um, I know that adrenaline, once it takes over my body, no matter how many hours I've been on that walk, no matter how many hours I've been awake, when that adrenaline enters my body and I'm ready to fight, I'm going to fight that fight no matter what. So yeah, if I, I, hoof, I have to, I have to say, I agree with that. If, if, if I hoof it, if I hoof it 12 miles in a day or in three hours, like I did in the military, when I get home, and I see somebody in my house, shit is going to hit the fan because fear is going to enter the hearts of the people that are in my house. It's not going to be the other way around. I'm going to be going at the most important thing for what is important to me because my family is the most important to me. And if it requires me to be awake for 36, 72, 90 hours, I will be awake for that many a time. Yep. I think I would, I, I agree with that. Okay, so now the question is, 24 hours in, walking, how's your body feeling? Mm, it's, it's worn down. Can your, can your mind overcome that? Now, um, you, now, now, now you can say, you can say that when you get there and the fight is on, that your adrenaline will take over and you'll be able to fight. But how weak are your muscles? How weak are your legs? How weak is your back from carrying the pack on your back? And I don't care what you say, Bill, about adrenaline. Is it worth reserving some power? I don't know. I, I still think the adrenaline has to, it, it, it has to have, go into play. It has to go into play. Can you do a line of Sudafed, like right before you hit the house? <laughs> Just like crunch that up and... <laughs> No, man, like, <laughs> listen, no matter what, no matter what, your body's going to be tired. No matter what. You might crash after the fact. You're, you're going <laughs> to crash hard, and you might sleep for three days afterwards, but during that fight, that fight is what's going to drive you. And the adrenaline, I mean, I've seen it in combat. I mean, Tom, you saw it in combat. I mean, how long, how long were you awake for at the longest time? 30 some hours. Right. And how, how did your muscles feel when you were in the middle of a firefight? Tired. They were tired, but at the same time, did your mind tell you that you could adapt it 
and make yeah, it I mean, through. I, through? I'm not, see, I'm not fighting you. I'm playing the devil's advocate here because there's one thing that, okay. so for example, when we were at in Austin at advance, I was 1500 miles away from my house. I was a 25 hour car ride with a three hour break, like three hour breaks in there away from my house. Okay. I packed enough stuff to walk home with kind of food wise. No water wise. I didn't pack any extra water, but I could pack out water. Right. I had enough guns. I had enough ammo to, for me to feel like I could get home. And that's, that's kind of being sneaky about it. Only moving at night, taking my time. Right. So here's the thing about the survival mindset with getting home in time. Okay. There's certain factors you got to deal in, deal with. All right. What are you going to deal with on that walk home? Okay. What are you going to see? What are you going to come upon? What are you going to mentally have to deal with? Be like, shit, I just killed that man because he wasn't going to let me pass and I have to get home to my family. Mentally, can you deal with that? And then not only mentally, you're going to have multiple adrenaline dumps there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so physically, can your body deal with that? So is it worth what the, the big question here is we all know that mentally our bodies affect our mental state physically our bodies affect our mental state so is it worth saving some of our body to help our mental status keep up so like what you just said reminds me of a quote that c.s lewis said um i can't remember which what, what article it was but he says this he says this is the first point to be made and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together if we're all going to be destroyed by what he's called, what he says, an atomic bomb, let's just enter COVID-19. Let that bomb, when it come finds us doing, let it come find us doing sensible things and human things like praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing our kids, uh, playing baseball, chatting to our friends over a pint of beer and a game of darts. He says this, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies, but they need not dominate our minds. And what you just said there, like, like I really think about like, if I were to travel that far or however far it was and something hit the fan or whatever, I would have to think like, okay, how do I not let this dominate my mind? How would I not, how do I not like, how do I go about my business knowing that I have some urgent matters ahead of me. Like, how do I like stop and be smart about this? So, so that's Take what a nap. That, no, <laughs> yeah. whatever, maybe that, or this is where morale comes into play. You know, like in my bug out bag, I have, I have specifically set aside a deck of cards. That's a good idea. I have yep. a deck. Of, I have a deck of cards in my bug out bag right now to keep Same. me Whoever I'm around right now, I can play a game of poker with. Or I and even play. if you're by yourself, you can play solitaire. Yeah, absolutely, 100. I have a deck of cards in my bag with me, ready to go to keep some game to keep my mind active. If I'm not sleeping, or whatever, you know, that means it, it, it. Morale comes into play here, like, like even with this with this virus. You know, I went to the grocery store recently. If my family comes home and they make it here, I bought ice cream just to have in my house for specific reasons. Whenever, whenever I can read what is going on in my house right now, if it is bad and the morale is down, 
I'm going to pull out those ice cream sandwiches. And I'm going to be like, hey, look, this is a reward for what you guys have been doing. Thank you. I appreciate your help. Here's some ice cream. It might not be a big deal to me, but I know that to them, it's going to be a big deal if you get what I'm saying. Do you guys understand that? I get A-firm. that. A firm. Okay. So, so my biggest, my biggest thing, I, I completely agree with you. Okay. In, in morale is always looking at the reward and that reward that will be there. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, I'm playing the devil's advocate a lot in this episode because this is, this is, I thought a lot about survival, not only preparing with the cool gizmos and gadgets and all the little things that I have stacked up to survive with, but also the mindset side of it. Okay. So that reward for me, if I got to walk home 1500 miles to get home to my family, you know what that reward is being with my wife and daughter again, right? I don't need anything else because what is my number one in my whole life? Your family, my family, right? Absolutely. 100%. Michael, when we were in Austin, you were with all of us, right? Mm -hmm. But your family was at home, correct? Yep. How long would it have taken you to leave the hotel we were in to walk to your house? Shit. It would have been a day at not if, if at most, I guarantee. Oh, you mean if, if if stuff had gone down and I needed to get home but I couldn't take my car? Right. Yeah. How how oh, long yeah. would that decision have made, been made in your head? Oh, how long was it just to make the decision? Right. Oh, I'd have, I'd have said bye to y'all, grab my stuff, ask for help carrying it down, and I'd have been gone. So here here's the funny thing, right? You wouldn't have said goodbye to me because you'd have been like, hey, he's on my way home. You'd have uh-huh. two. And guess what? Bill's on, you were on the way home for Bill too. So you'd had three. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Randall, Randall would have been good in Florida fishing from the moat in his backyard, looking for <laughs> gators and shit. Uh-huh. So, uh, the three of us would have been humping it out from Austin to Dallas or to Fort Worth in your area. Listen. And then Bill, Bill and I would have been building a plan from there. I, I would have rolled, rolled with y'all cause I would have needed the security along the way. I got I got to tell you this right now. I got to tell you, this is just who I am. Um, at a certain point, um, I would have walked home with you, Michael. I would have walked home all the way to your place. And then me and Tom would have hooked it as far as possible together. And by then, by then, I would have found more people that I could trust to walk home with me to South Carolina that were on the road with me trying to make it back to Georgia, Florida, Alabama, whatever. <clears throat> they would have all came with me. Um, and, and supported what I was doing at, at, at some, at some, some certain point, Tom would have broken off and went off by himself with some people that were going his way as well. It's all about like the people, like, like, like the bullshit meter that we were talking about in, in yeah. the last episode. Um, I, I have that, I have that gift. Unfortunately, I have that gift and, and I know when people are bullshitting me and if they're not part of my squad, then they're on their own yeah. to a certain point. So and when I get to a certain point, when it's time for me and Tom and you to, and Michael to make it to a different place, then it is what it is. But then I know also that eventually, hopefully we'll all be able to get on comms again and talk to each other again. So, so Bill, thank you for the perfect segue. So one of the 
other things for mindset that I've thought a lot about is dealing with other people. Okay. Bill, you got that little like smile on your face going right now because I know this is a big thing to you. Randall, it looks like you're thinking about it. Michael, you're kind of like, ah, I'm an introvert. I'm good with just me and my family, right? Yeah. So here, here's the big thing. Can you really succeed in thriving in a survival situation with just you and your family? And how much, so for, so how much do you trust people around you? So for me, for example, the people that live behind me, I, I trust my life because I, I worked as a cop with a guy. His wife is my wife's best friend. His daughter is my daughter's best friend. Next to him is his parents. I don't know them that well, but I trust them enough because they're his parents, right? So I have a community around me that I trust, okay? But at what point do I trust those people to? And at what point do you start trusting people enough to be like, hey, look, I got, I got these supplies at home. If you come home with me, I'll hook you up. I'll See, he's talking, about, he's talking about some Walking Dead shit here, man. What? Like, not I, even I, Walking I, Dead. Like, but, no, but that's a good, that, but that's that's a good analogy, bro. That's it's a good important. analogy because really like is. you because you're looking at Rick, you know, Rick, the Rick and and figuring out like playing his mindset like in that movie or in that show, like his mind went crazy toward episode five, like it went down. But in the meantime, he gathered a, a group of people who he could trust and some turned their backs on him. At any at, at some given moment, whether it was the lack of food, the lack of shelter, they all turned their backs on, uh, you know, whatever, whoever it was, you know. But that's the same thing. Like I'm, I'm thinking, like, well, man, think even in that, his best friend Shane, Shane, damn Shane, damn I mean, women, damn women, right? Like, I mean, there, there, there comes a point, there comes a point in mindset where you, where you realize that. You are your best asset. What you do, what you do with what you have and what you're capable of is the most important thing. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. We are meant to do life as a community. And sometimes, sometimes in rare, in rare cases, your that mind inside of your head is the most important. Hmm. See, it's interesting. I don't know how I do because you say introverted, right? I'm introverted, but I'll talk to anybody. Bill, Bill, will tell you, can't get, can't get me shut up, right? And so I'll talk to anybody, but I don't trust a damn person, right? But sometimes I overtrust people, so I'm all over the map. So I don't know how I do, honestly. High stress situation, I don't trust a damn person on this block, but I like all of them. That's That's a good old Texas boy right there. (laughs) It's a it's a really there's there's I've got family on this block. I've got neighbors who have family on this block, like multiple groups of neighbors who have brothers or sisters or parents or something on this block. But I don't know where allegiances would lie. I don't know who's gonna know that I've got stuff sitting in my backyard and who's in a shed and who's going to come bust out that window when I'm not looking like right now, no lie. I heard something pop outside and I think it's probably just a transformer because the storm's blowing through or something. Right. But I hear something pop and I pop up my ring camera 
and it's offline because the internet issues that I've been having. Right. And I'm like, damn it. I need to pause this podcast. And I need to run out there. I need to check it out. Cause I don't, I mean, you I got know. the right gear on to do it. Right. I mean, if I walked out there and it's like the power guy and he's up on like some cherry picker of the <laughs> transformer. <laughs> I, I mean, we've been broken into before. So like, I, 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 I remember, I remember being broken into when I was like, what, 15 years old. And you know, my dad, police officer, law enforcement, you know, we, we were coming home. We saw the red blazer book at it the opposite direction. We get home. My dad's relaxing in the, in the, uh, the recliner guys, Captain Morgan and his Jim Bean right there on the side of the recliner. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the stereo and I'm like, dad, where's all your CDs? He's like, they better be there. I'm like, no, your CDs are gone. And he immediately went to his gun shelf, his gun, his gun cabinet. And they were all gone. Every one of them. And so he trust. And, and so like we, as soon as we knew that somebody broke in, we went to the front door, the front door that we never used. We always use the garage door. The front door we never used was broken into. And the feeling that came over me and my dad at that, that time, I mean, I was young, I was 15. So I was kind of still like, Whoa, that was, that's crazy. But hindsight, I'm like, wow, that just happened. Yeah. Like that plays, you know, my dad, who is in law enforcement freaking like, Oh my gosh. To see his mind work after the fact that that happened was amazing to see that, to to see that go down. Dude, you guys are leading into the perfect segues because one of the other things about mindset I wanted to talk about was the fighter flight or the fighter surrender mindset. Okay. Now, Randall, so you were 15 years old when your house got broken into you. Now, if you were home alone and 15 years old, mm. right? Sheesh. Or yeah. even, even right now, if you're home alone and three armed guys roll into your house and your guns across the house, what do you do? Yeah. Right. So if, if you're in a, if you're in the apocalypse, right, for example, me, I'm trying to set up some stuff, right? I'm trying to set up enough of a homestead to survive off of. And if it's just me and my neighbors and like a group of 20 guys roll up to my house and like, look, give us all your shit or we're going to kill you. What do you do? I mean, you can say I'm going to shoot it out with these guys and I'm going to kill every one of them. But what if that means your daughter has to die or one of your kids has to die or your wife has to die because of a gunfight? I mean, my wife is deadly. I taught my wife how to shoot and she is deadly, right? I am deadly. But my 81-year-old grandma living with me and my four-and-a-half-year-old daughter are not deadly at all. So at what point do you be like, okay, look, here, take this, go away, as long as you let me survive? Mm. Mindset-wise, what what will drive you to make that decision of, look, am I just going to go back to survival mode even though I was thriving? when it means the safety of the people around me or I'm going to fight to the death, no matter who dies. I guess that comes down to honor, man. Like, fuck, that's a tough question. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I ask it, clarify the question a little bit. The question is, is 
what makes you decide to possibly fight or to fight and possibly die or someone around you die or to give over things in a survival situation. Say you're, say you're walking home, say you're walking home alone and you have a pistol on you and three guys come out with rifles and like, give us all your shit or you're dead. If you give us all your shit, we're going to let you walk down the trail. Yeah. I mean, you'd like to think that you're prepared for that situation. You, you would like to think that you were, you know, I would like to sit here and think like, damn, like, I mean, if I had, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here with my Glock. I'd like to think I was a sharpshooter and I could totally get, get them right there in the head or the, the chest, like right then, pow, 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 you know, I'd like to think that. Bill, you're pointing at your head. Go. I had the scenario in my head already. Three guys with rifles come up to me with rifles. Tom, what's the range? What range are we talking about? Are we talking about 10, 15 feet? 21 foot rule, man. They roll up on you. My first action is pull while I'm falling to the ground when I force myself falling to the ground and pulling the trigger at all three people at the same time. If I hit, I hit. If I don't, I don't. Um, but that aspect with them, with me falling to the ground on my own accord, tripping over my own foot or forcing myself to the ground is going to shock them to make them think that, oh shit, what the fuck's this guy got going on? But at the same time as I'm falling to the ground, I'm pulling my nine millimeter and pulling at the trigger at the same time. That right there is deception and they won't know what's hitting them at the same time. So that's the question. How many times have you practiced that in your backyard? But, but not just that bill, not just that is that move worth you dying and your family suffering because you weren't there to spy for them. Dude, if they roll up on you in three rifles, they, they have the intent to kill you not to take your stuff in peace. Maybe, maybe what happens. So, so for example, if they, if they roll up in three rifles, say me, Michael and bill were walking home. And we all three had rifles on us and somebody else was walking down the trail and we're like, fuck, we don't know what to do with this guy. We're just going to kind of do our normal security check on him. And he tries to do this move to us. Damn, that's a tough question. Y'all like, I mean, (laughs) I mean, I know, I know personally, I know personally what I would do. And Michael, you asked a good question. How many times have I practiced that in my backyard? I haven't. I honestly haven't. You know, I work with a, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I haven't, I haven't practiced in my backyard, but you know what? I also know that immediately when you asked me that question, my mind went to that scenario. You, you visualized it. Yeah. I visualized yeah. it immediately. What I would do in that situation, it might cost me my life. It might cost my family's safety, but at the same time, I know that I did what I could possibly do to help protect the people that were most important to me. Hey, and if you die, you, you won't feel if, it ever again. If I die, <laughs> then I won't feel it ever again. I'll, I'll be in heaven with Jesus hanging out with yeah. him. You know, like, I mean, honestly, I mean, what can we do if we die? I know, right? I'm sitting here I thinking mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So, Michael, I got a question specific yeah. to you, okay? So you said, this again has to do with dealing with people, okay? You said you like all your neighbors, but you don't trust any of them, right? Yeah. What would you do if 
we'll just say it's an EMP, right? The power goes out. You've got enough food to last you and your family a couple months. Mm-hmm. You're hanging out in your house. You know, you're surviving. You know, one of your neighbors is hungry. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't want to run a soup kitchen. You don't want to start giving shit out because then other hungry neighbors will come to you. But then you see two or three of your neighbors in your backyard knocking on your door. Michael, give us your food. Give us some food. We're hungry. Our kids are starving. Help us. What's your mindset there, man? My kid is hungry. My wife has lost so much weight. She hasn't eaten since this started because we've been worried about feeding the kids. So here's the thing. Somebody comes to you in that, in that condition, it doesn't stop, right? You become provider for them too. And so everything that you provide for them is not a one-time thing. They're going to come back. They're going to tell friends. They're going to, they're going to want more because they know that you have some. And, but, but the problem is, I got a six-year-old daughter, man. She's hungry. Is Foley's family with him? Yeah. Or is it just Foley? Yeah. That's no, it's him and his, it's him okay. and his family. Okay. Okay. Listen, All right. Listen. Family comes first, in my opinion. I got a nine-year-old son, 11-year-old daughter. They're going to starve too. I love kids to death. But you know what? At that point, it becomes about tribe and fuck your tribe. Excuse me. Um, don't excuse yourself. You know, at that point, I'm just like, you know what? My family is going to survive. Now I would maybe, maybe, maybe I'll give a snack bar to each parent, get them through the day. And I'll give a snack bar and some soup to the six year old to get them through. And then I'll tell them, do not come back. Um, because I won't, you know, I'm not going to say don't come back because I kill you, but I'm going to say don't come back because we're going to have some kind of a standoff. I'm not going to give you food again. All right. So then, so then what happens next, right? You, they, you gave, you gave them and their kids food and yeah. Hey, I mean, your parent, your, your parents-in-law live across the street, but across the street and three houses down, they got three kids and those three kids are hungry. Yeah. They, they tell those, those people that, Hey, look, man, they get, they get my kids some soup and a snack bar. I know. What are you going to do? See, they, those, those three kids come over. Just the three kids come over knocking on your door. Mm-hmm. My daddy and mommy told me to come down here because you you were giving out, out food to the na- neighborhood kids, and I'm hungry. Yep. See, see, this is the point where the rally of the troops happens right here. Yep. This exact point right here is where the rally of troops happen. You go outside in the backyard, and you kill a fucking squirrel. Yeah. You kill a squirrel, you kill a rabbit, you kill whatever's in your backyard. You rally the troops and you motivate them to trust you. I know that this might this might be tough for some people to think, but <clears throat> I have the gift of rallying the troops. And I will feed, I will make anybody part of the tribe if they're useful in any way in any shape or form, but at the same time, like that bullshit meter has got to kick on. And if they're gosh, man, the book going home, 
The book <laughs> is such a good book. So, we're gonna, so we're, gonna good. Those, we're gonna put that ser- we're gonna put a couple series in the show I mean, notes. Yeah, it's so good. The, the angry American. I mean, it just it just it just resonates in my head right now because like most people can find out who they can trust and who they can't trust. And if if you can't trust somebody in a situation like this, you fucking kill them. But at the same time, if they could be useful like you, Tom, like you said, you're good at, you're good at knowing what people are good at. If you can find what that person is good at and you feed them and find out what they can do for you in the long run, it's going to make you so much better and so much stronger. If you get what, does that make sense? Does, does that make Absolutely. sense? Absolutely. Listen, listen. It's good. Listen, I love everybody. Everybody is important to me. Everybody is good at something that I'm not good at. I might be good at rallying the troops. I might be good at high size security. I might be good at starting a fire. But you know what I'm not good at? I'm not good at administration i'm not good at beans bullets and band-aids yeah so, you know, I, so, so i mean I, I have to find out i have to use my my words in that situation smartly to find out what they really need they didn't they may not really need food they might really need just company and yeah. community you know, like, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but it just came to me. So well, check this out for anybody who's listening, who thinks that this is far-fetched, right? That the scenario that Tom just put out is far-fetched. So I, I opened Facebook, um, cause I got a notification. I'm ADD, um, very first, and this isn't what I got a notification for, but this is the very first post that pops up in my feed. This is a friend, family friend of my wife's, um, known him for a really, really long time. Used to babysit this girl. Um, here, here, I'm going to read it. Had to wait till tonight. Her grandmother just passed away a couple days ago. Funeral was today. Had to wait till tonight to go grocery shopping because when our paychecks came through and since we were out all day with the funeral service for my grandma and all the things that came with that. So now we still don't have any food. Every single shelf was empty tonight, except the baby food. And at least my baby, I'll leave the name out, has food. The rest of us may be eating baby food too, since everyone else seems to have lost their minds and bought everything in a selfish craze. So it's not that far fetched. No, it's, it's not. not. And, and and I was going to say that to. I mean, the fact that Bill, you you were, man, the more you were talking, Bill, the more I was thinking like, because I'm always thinking psychologically and 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 about people. And the more you started talking, I'm like, we're not far off from that. Mm-mm. Not even like during this freaking coronavirus, like we're not far off from people just trying to mooch off people, right? So, so I mean, so Randall, you're next, okay? You have how many kids? Just to five. clarify, five, five kids, right? I said four earlier. Why did I think you had four? Oh, I, I always think I have. Another one, like six, but I don't know. Okay. 
So you've got five kids. No, he's had plenty of Netflix and show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't have. We don't have cable. Or that's <laughs> <laughs> funny. So so so, uh, Mr. Burris has five children. Did you get a chance to go to the grocery store and get enough food for your children and your wife and you? Yep. How long do you think the food you have will last? Uh, probably 20 days. 20 days. 20 days from now, the grocery stores are closed. The stocks, the shelves aren't full. How long will it take your kids being hungry before you start seeing what other people around you have? And how long will it take for you to maybe start forcibly taking their things? Oh gosh, Randall, I have to I have to jump in here. All right, you gotta ask that one more time. Okay. How long will it take you to make the decision that your family's life is more important than other people's lives? Oh, how long? Oh man, I've got that like fam my family's everything. Like that's it. So you got food that last twenty days. 25 days from now, them. 25 days from now, you still can't buy more food. You start fishing and whatnot. That's yeah, that, that mm-hmm. that's okay. Fished out. Your kids are still hungry. Right. See, but most How, people don't know to seek the wilderness. Yeah. Right. That's the problem. Right. right. Most people in this world that we live in don't seek the wilderness to get there. There, there was a, there was a freaking rabbit. In my side yard <laughs> today. <laughs> Are you skilled enough with that to hit that rabbit from twenty yeah, yards away? Uh, uh, twenty yards, uh, probably four or five shots. <laughs> that rabbit's and gonna then, run after he's one. Probably, shot. He's probably <laughs> he's probably <laughs> No, no. 20. So the question is: Is how long would it take you to make that conscious switch to? Look, man, my family is starving, and I know my neighbor over there, Jim, has a little bit more food than just single old Jim living by himself needs. Okay, and I'm, I'm gonna go over see to Jim. I'm gonna go over to Jim and be like, "Yo, Jim, give me this shit, or I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna take it." How how okay. long does it take you to get to that point? Well, for I think I'm painting a scenario. Um, we have, we do have a good community around us. Um, so, and that's what that community is for. Right. So, um, for me, I would think like when I, when I hit the, a week before food starts running out, I would start probably thinking about where everyone's at as far as community goes. What's the food source? Cause I mean, we're, you know, we're all about, we're all about community. We're all about, you know, our community is all about sharing and stuff like that. Okay. So we're all about that. I mean, if the neighbor needs butter, I'm going to give him butter. If my other neighbor needs sugar, we can give him sugar. It's that kind of relationship around here, but worst case scenario, um, Bill, I mean, he hit it right off the bat. I'd be, I'd be out. I'd have to figure it out out in the wilderness and, and start and start hunting for some food. 
So wilderness wise, what do you have around you? I know you got, I know you got that, uh, that channel close to you, the inlet or whatever it is. Yep. So we got fish. fish yep. We got plenty of deer. We got shrimp. Dude, there's plenty of hogs in central and just inland from where I live, like freaking wild boar, all kinds of stuff. So like, there's no shortage of wildlife in, you, in Florida. You, you gotta I got some ga- I got some gators that are lazy as fuck. They're not going to move up. <laughs> so, so the question is, is how long will that last? Hell, a gator, man. I don't, see, shit, see, I don't know. See, I don't know. The, the the thing that Randall's got on I'd all those other, I'd be going shooting me a cow in somebody's farm, dude. <laughs> so that, that, that so that's okay. Okay, you're go you're going to where I'm trying to lead you to. You're taking from others to provide for yours. How how long would it take you to go? How far is that farm away from you? And say you don't have a vehicle, and you gotta you gotta go out, to, you gotta walk out to that farm, shoot a cow, butcher the cow on scene, and carry back what you can. How long hmm. will it take you to get to that point? Hmm. Probably not that long. It probably wouldn't take me that long. Bill, you're itching, man. You're itching. Let's go. Lay it on me. Man, I am itching. See, there's there's certain things that like most people don't know how to cast net. You can cast net minnows and get plenty of protein for your family in one cast. Yep. You, I mean, you live, you, Randall, yourself, you live in an area that is abundance. Big time abundance of food around you no matter what you do whether you fish whether you hunt whether you i mean whatever whatever it is that you do you have the capability of going out there to catch if you needed to drive all the way over to tampa if you needed to drive all the way over to i mean say oh, this, this everywhere this, this, you have the capability of making the wilderness provide for you. Right. A lot of people don't know that. They're, they're, they're literally just going to be tapping into that, that thing about them. And they're going to be learning that just then while you're out there tearing it up. And that's so, the point. That That's the point where you – that's the point where you – Take your catch for your family and you divide it. Right. You divide it to the community around you to help the community around you. So that way they begin to trust you and you become the leader of that community around you. People are going to look to you for advice. People are going to look to you. They're not going to try to come take your shit. There's going to be those people that do that. There are, and that's where you got to use that bullshit meter and eliminate those people. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. I find myself taking notes when Bill's talking. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so, so Bill, I this is to the listeners out there. This is to who have whoever hasn't listened to any apocalypse books ever out there. So, there's two series we really like to listen to. Um, number one is the the um, survivalist series by Angry American. Okay, yes, the best, amazing, amazing series, absolutely, like, mind blowing. Okay. We're not sponsored by any of these. No, no, we're not. About no this is just, and, and it, it's it's a it's non it's fiction, <clears throat> so it's a fake story, 
But the guy who wrote the book did so much research to write this book that it, it you could totally believe it if it happened to you tomorrow. Okay. What is it? And, and he, what, what he is almost there? writes dumb. He almost writes as he's talking. Like it's almost dumb proof the way right. he ta- the, the way right. he writes. Yeah. Yeah. The other series, and I don't know how many of you guys actually on this podcast has, have listened to it since my um, suggestion to it, is the Alex Fletcher series. Finished okay? it. You did finish it. Serious so the, shit. The, <laughs> it's good, though. Yeah. The first, the first book in the Alex Fletcher series is actually called The Jakarta Pandemic. And it's what him and his family go through during a flu pandemic. <clears throat> Mm. Living in their house. It's one audible credit for all four books. Five. Jakarta, five now. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. All five books. Okay. So you get the Jakarta pandemic and then the four EMP survival books after it. Okay. I highly suggest listening to, if you just want to spend one credit on one book, get the Jakarta pandemic at least. If not, get the whole series. It is amazing. It is probably, I've listened to it at least five times. And it is, I like it better than the, the uh, Survivalist series by Angry American. No. Yep. Are you serious? Yep. Listen. Wow. Okay, all I can say is I'm glad, like, I'm glad I'm carnivore now, right? That's, <laughs> I'm glad I'm carnivore. I'm not See, picking from the leaves, right? It's, it's actually kind of funny because I wanted to bring this up in this episode. Do, do squirrels produce enough of the stuff you need or are they too lean of a meat? And it's a lean, it's a lean meat, but you can get the fat. There's some fat to it. So you're eating all my pecans. It's not like rabbit. It's not like rabbit. Rabbit, rabbit, you'll die off of squirrel. What about deer? Unfortunately, what about deer? deer? Oh yeah, you can. You can get plenty. You got it. Absolutely, okay. 100%. So, so guys, mindset wise, you know, I kind of, I kind of try to lead us down a path tonight of thinking of some very serious subjects here. Okay, and mentally you have to prepare yourself for anything that happens. Okay. Survival. You can know all the tools in the book, but if you don't have the right mindset, what's going to happen? You're going to fucking die. You're going to fucking die because you're, you're not going to survive. You're not going to thrive and you're going to die. Yeah. This is so crazy. We're talking about this because it's like in the opposite realm of where I'm at right now. Like, I'm transitioning from this warrior mindset to a totally different mindset. And it just blows my mind that this is still such a part of me that dude, the warrior is still in you, bro. You're not trans. I mean, you might be transitioning it, but you still have the warrior in you. Absolutely. 100%. Like, I mean, I, I just, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. That's just naturally who I am. But right at the same time like you shoot them in the face at the same time if i needed to fucking like you said tom if i, if I needed to, i mean sorry michael if if i needed to shoot somebody in the face i will do it no questions asked yep. no no remorse it's gonna suck it really is gonna <laughs> suck trust me i'm gonna be waking up screaming at night i'm gonna be waking up mad i'm gonna be Probably self-medicating myself, but at the same time, bro, I'm gonna cut you off. I know you said you want me to talk, well, let people talk, but this is something important that I feel like I need to say to you and say to everybody out there: when you are in a survival situation, 
you're not going to have the fucking time to wake up mad. You're not going to have the time to be sad. You're not going to have the time to think about the horrific things you've had to do to survive. Oh, no, hold, hold you're, on. Only, you're only I, thinking about survival. No, I got to cut you off. You're going to have, you may not have that time, but you're still going to feel those feelings. You're going to feel the feelings, but you're not right. going to have time to sit down and ponder about it because you know what? If I'm going to sit on my ass and think, oh, shit, I sh- should I have killed that guy a couple days ago? No, you're not going to sit down and think about that because what you're going to do is you're going to be in your garden, working your garden. You're going to be out in the woods stalking some prey. Your you're hands be- and your mind are going to be busy no matter what is going on. Yep. I find that that's probably the most biggest problem that we have is because our minds and busy, uh, our minds and our hands aren't busy. You're exactly right, Randall. That's a hundred percent. That's what, I, I mean. I mean, what, dude. I mean, if we Call of Duty Mobile, Call of Duty, like Call it whatever, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, like, yeah. No matter, we're, what. We're, we're all like, we're not busy enough. Our brains are not designed to move at the speed okay. of freaking smartphones. And we have trained them that way. We have trained them to move at the speed of smartphones, and we can't do that. It's not right. possible. Right. All right, guys. So on the mindset of survival, pretty much just <laughs> don't focus go on, on forever. Don't focus on just surviving. Focus on thriving. Improvise, adapt, and overcome, because if you don't, you're going to fucking die. Thank you for listening to the Era of Alpha, the Toilet Paper Survival Part 2, Mindset of Survival. Stay strong, think clear, shoot straight. Invest in precious metals, gold, silver, and lead. And when gold and silver are gone, lead will get you everywhere you need to be. Mm